Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Texting. It's your girl, Shade. I've got some energy. I had a little vino. What's good, girls? Who are you? Let the people know you are here with yes, me. I'm here. It's Glenn at Bedstar Bratz. It's Chelsea Pinky. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> we just finished recording with our guests who you guys are going to hear about, but I have I'm to tell you. Obsessed. Obsessed. Good like, vibes. Good vibes. Amazing vibes. Y'all need to stay tuned or else you're bugging. Um, but with that being said, I think I'm just ready to jump into the red or reply because mm-hmm. I'm ready to talk my shit. I feel like I'm on the read and I'm about to do a read. On red or reply. Oh, you got something for us? Oh, I do. Get, get us started. Ooh. I do. Ooh. Um, Do you want, should I start with a bad and then end on a good note? Or should I start with a good and end on like a drag? I want you to do whatever you And with a drag. And with a drag. And with a drag. I feel like it's more impactful when you end with a drag. Okay. Yeah. So even though... I have these frustrations. I'm replying to just like the small wins in life. Like it's so crazy. This past weekend I was with um, some friends and we did like, Glenn was there. We did like karaoke and I just saw people that like mean a lot to me. I talked to my grandpa for mad long. I talked to my sister. I like did things that I just like make you feel good. And I was like, you know what? Even when you have all this bullshit, like, it's so nice to know that I have people that I love and I have these moments that actually matter more than like the bullshit day to day of work. And that is like such a blessing because a lot of people don't have that. So I, I had to take a moment to be like, you know what? It's all good. And my grandpa's like, you can't have sunshine without a little bit of rain. And he loves a fucking saying. And it's just so funny when he's just dropping them on me. But he also was like, talking to me about um I said something like oh I can't wait for the weekend and he was like I'm gonna tell you something about weekends you got four weekends in a month right and I was like yeah and he was like some of those weekends you got obligations so really it's only a few days out of the month he was like that's what you're gonna live for a few days out of the every month. day gotta you gotta make it something for you yeah he was like we're not doing wait for we're not waiting for the weekends. Yeah, he was like, We're not waiting for the weekends. And he yeah. was like, basically, in old people's terms, was telling me to put up boundaries, which was like so funny to hear. He was like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe you're on. Thursday, mm, let up. Friday, tell him to leave you alone. And I was like, Okay, grandpa. Okay, 83-year-old black so man's real. version of boundaries. Like we have that language for for that now, right? Yeah. Like, boundaries, the boundaries, but like we've been practicing that. I know. It was super it cute to hear. Time. With all that being said, y'all niggas need to relax, okay? I am not an open heart surgeon. I'm not curing cancer or COVID. I am not helping um Afghan women escape. I am not 
opening up a school in Sierra Leone. I am selling more bullshit. <laughs> so y'all need to leave me the fuck alone. Y'all saw Summer Walker? Leave me alone. Oh my God, I love leave that Leave me alone. <laughs> that, that's what y'all need to do. My job is tripping. They're bugging the fuck out. People need to learn etiquette. They want to they want to send you things like 911. She said etiquette. Ah. Emergency. Please reply. Right, like oh, you're or, curing cancer. Or my or my favorite thing that is new. When did they start doing this? Bumping this in case you didn't see it after you sent me something 20 minutes ago. What? My nigga. That's so passive aggressive. I'm working. I, I if I didn't answer your message, I might be on a call. Everything doesn't revolve around you. So I need all of you to really stop acting like this is your life. I understand you get a bonus or you get, you know, little perks, you get commission, but like, I don't know what time y'all are on getting wrinkles and gray hair and, uh, 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 hemorrhages and all types of, oh, hem- hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> because y'all are stressed i'm not on that time so leave me the fuck alone okay because my ancestors already did enough for y'all i don't give a fuck that y'all are paying me it's still not enough leave me the fuck alone i'm not answering your fucking message don't bump shit to me after friday at 5 p.m i'm clocking the fuck out and i will talk to you on monday because i've been giving you niggas my sundays i've been giving you late nights and it's coming to an end because again. I'm not doing anything particularly special and I'm fueling capitalism and the animal that is this beast that is killing us in the first place. So y'all can fuck off and I'm done. I'm obsessed with that (laughs) because I was literally having a conversation and I was, I won't say made to feel crazy, but like no one was agreeing with me. (laughs) And I was talking about boundaries and how, we need to set boundaries and mm-hmm. it, and it's going to take all of us because if the girl on the side is fucking doing the most, then I look crazy. We all need to set boundaries. Like these jobs will fucking fire you. Or, you know, if you get sick long enough, they don't give a fuck. They'll replace you. Like yep. they don't care about you. So why are you fucking working on a Sunday? Why are you on vacation on PTO busting your ass? Mm-hmm. Like these jobs don't care about you. I'm not saying like, don't do your job. Obviously do what you were hired for, but like there are boundaries. You're not a fucking machine. Absolutely not. It's like my analogy that I love is when you go to the strip club and bitches are sucking dick for $20 and then everybody comes to the strip club thinking they're getting their dick sucked for $20. I'm not sucking your dick. So great analogy. <laughs> let's get it Again. together. <laughs> yeah. That was... How's everybody else doing? <laughs> well, I'll go. I'll reply to my weekend. One of my closest friends got married. It was what? An incredible ceremony. I'm not a crier. Um, when it happens, I get very uncomfortable. But I saw her walk down the aisle and it was fucking waterworks. And I was up there in front of 200 people because I was a bridesmaid. And I was just like, oh my God, this is humiliating. This is humiliating. <laughs> but like, it just wouldn't stop. Like, just like seeing her and just like knowing their relationship and like, how much they both respect each other, how much they love each other, how much they love on each other. Um, It just was like beautiful to see. And, you know, I want to shout out her 
special day and i hope she's having an amazing time in the maldives yes Maldives. Um, wait i have a question how does it work when you are um in the what is it called the bridal party when you're like up there and you cry do people bring tissues with them no no and like i have a full face i literally was like and then the girl next to me who's like her childhood friend um who like I've gotten to know through like bachelorette parties and all the bridal showers and all this stuff she's like Chels your makeup your makeup so I'm like this patting my eyes that's what I always wonder I'm like that's hard no yeah but like it's it was weird it was I wasn't trying to cry I did not want to cry oh wait it was not in my plan I remember actually so we got like tissues in our like kit as being bridesmaids and then we wrapped our tissues around our bouquets. Like, oh, our- oh so smart. that's yeah. clever. Pro tip for the girls that are in wedding. Yeah, because I cry. I, I cannot know these niggas. And, and I watch stuff and I cry. So it's And it's rap. just like, if you know their relationship, it's just like, I don't know. It was just so nice. Um, so, and I'm trying to think of what I'm leaving on red. Oh, well, I guess what I'm leaving on red, as much as I love these bitches, I'm going broke. <laughs> I'm leaving weddings on red. I don't want to go to another fucking wedding. If you get married, don't invite me. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm kidding. Maybe invite me if we're close, but like, oh, I'm literally going broke. There was a Bloomberg article that was sent to me and it was called Four Weddings and a Financial Funeral. <laughs> and girls like that spoke to my soul I'm looking at my my checking account I'm looking at my credit cards and I'm like wow I've just been blowing money so I'm done for a while yeah, yeah. that shit adds up it it's, adds the fuck yeah up. I don't know how you doing it you you definitely need a little break I need a break a little ramen noodle a little sweetie meal a little sweetie meal. <laughs> a little sweetie meal. <laughs> that I might spread love. between lunch and dinner. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> okay, and yeah. as I just ordered DoorDash like a fucking dumbass. I just ordered DoorDash as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finna order something too. Oh no. I mean, on that note, I'm leaving on red the IRS and those fucking tax people because <laughs> I don't even make that much money and they're trying to tax me out the ass. I don't understand I live alone and I have expenses. Why are you taxing me? Like I'm a fucking person that makes mad money. Meanwhile, these billionaires are out here doing all these backdoor ass scams and not paying no fucking taxes. And it's a racket and a riot. And if you have a child that that you feel comfortable with me adding to my dependent list, I am open and willing. I will give you a cut. We can figure something out. (laughs) Chelsea said to me on the side that she knows a child I can claim because she's a messy ass bitch. <laughs> also, I think I need you. I need you to allege uh, what you're talking about. Because I'm not getting. I'm not going down with you, bitch. I'm sure I have some nieces and nephews, godchildren. <laughs> they can come stay with me. It's I mean, fun. honestly, we need to be writing off way more because it is expensive to do this podcast and make sure you look good for the pod. I mean, I look like shit today, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to. It's I have to get my little pony, pony in. Mm-hmm. A whole ponytail. Mm-hmm. And then my reply in on red is I love going to Spike Spin in Bed-Stuy. It's an amazing spinning studio. Oh, that's what you said. Right. I thought you said Shai's uh, studio. <laughs> uh, that's no. why I was like all the beauticians. and the Oh, I was like, why don't you giving me the word instructor? That's the word. <laughs> <I'm looking for. laughs> 
The wow, you're in it. fucked up. Wow, I just jinxed it. Not this bitch freezing again. Okay, she's back. I'm here. I've been taking 7 a.m. classes during the week and they're phenomenal. And wow. Off in like my day off in fabulous ways. I've been doing it every Monday. I have one tomorrow morning. Let's pray to God that I wake up. I'm listening to soca playlists. I'm listening to fucking old school hip hop, R&B, everything. But let me tell you, so replying. And I want to talk about like the woman who founded it another time when we have a black girl doing shit because she's really fantastic and inspiring. But girl, my back is her king. I feel like an old person. I bend down to pick something up, a piece of paper falls on the floor. I'm like, woo! Like <laughs> That's not good, though. Back. I know. I think that my my chair is not... You got to make sure you got the good form. Yeah, my chair is not positioned correctly. I'm hunched over too much. Mm. My back kills. So now I'm taking fucking acupuncture, child. There's <laughs> just always something. My back is hurting, and I feel old, and it's not good. Are you but, stretching? Yes, I'm stretching everything. My back just hurts. Ooh, it hurts. It's bad. It's really bad. Like I'd be feeling like my back is about to like like tense up. Like it's really, it feels, it feels really bad. Get you a Theragun I'm and then have back. your stepdaughter like massage your back. This bitch oh my is god! So- oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! No. Have your stepson do it. Who oh that god. now? I don't know. We'll find her one <laughs> or one of your old students. But you what should the- ask your instructor and be like, hey, like. I just want you to take a look at my form, make sure that like I'm doing this well because you can fuck up your back or like your knees or like a yeah, lot of things. Because you're you're an but, old like, bitch also, now. Also, also, if you don't work out, you will be sore, right? Right, but so th- it's like a pain in my spine. Yeah. God. Yeah, talk to them about it. Yeah, that shit don't feel good. Um, speaking of that, that Chelsea is alluding to, I spoke about this on. I wasn't alluding to anything, but okay. Oh, was this your hotline bling? Yeah. I told the patrons about this. I won't go in too deep. In too deep. Do you know that song? It's Division. Don't wanna pull out. Oh, that's not even funny. That's Fuck before them my lyrics. Time. I'm not okay with that. It's not before, before your time, bitch. <laughs> it literally came out like two years ago. If not a year. Heard of it. I was at Colgate. You better like Daddy. catch up. Maybe you're not tapped in. Maybe you're like not hit. Like, okay, from the girl who didn't know what spinning the block was. She dead that said that's before my. Nobody time. knows what spinning the block means. If you know what that means, because you guys missed it, we talked about it in the group chat. The girls tried to tell me about spinning the block. If you know what that means, put it in the um in the <laughs> review. Give us a five star. Tell us why you love us and tell us what you think spinning the block means. And I'm going to say that without any context because I know that y'all don't know cuz I did not. Um hotline bling, you know, I went on a long laborious depiction detailed story of how I stopped talking to the father and wouldn't you know y'all talking. I came home from my vacation and the nigga was eating me out in front of my front door. Inside, not outside the door. Like he walked inside of the door, door slammed, and I was getting head. So that's where we are. And the hotline is blinging. But we did have a conversation where I was like, listen, we're doing this again. Everybody's making faces. I don't think it's a huge fucking deal. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not putting all my eggs in your basket. He was like, for sure, I get it. Um, and I was like, but I want to get fucked. But all your eggs are in his basket. You don't got no other baskets. That's what no. I'm seeing as well, Shade. That's my observation. Y'all are incorrect. 
actually, because I'm not looking to have a basket right now. I'm, my basket is my own basket. I'm working out, going to Spike Skin. I'm cleaning my home consistently. I'm organizing my closet. I'm working a new job. I'm getting my money. I'm getting my finances in order. I'm getting my life. I'm very genuinely loving and enjoying myself. I don't so, think there's anything wrong with that. Okay, you know what? I have any eggs in that man's basket. He is providing a service and that's all. So like when he fucks you, he's kicked out immediately? Yes. He's been Are you telling the truth? You cross your heart. He's hope to die. Put a needle in your eye. Like I will hook up with him and then like go out after. Okay. Okay. Listen, also none of my business. Not, not at all. (laughs) None of my business. So, well, she's expressing herself to us. So I think as they say on Love Island, crack on. (laughs) We're not even cracking on. Well, I would like for you to stop smoking that jewel, Miss Pouring Into Yourself. It's a step-by-step. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I'm having a good time. I'm like so genuinely just enjoying myself and very happy. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you. You know, I feel ways. And so maybe I'm being an overprotective friend. So if you like it, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's don't like it. Yeah, that's very uh, passive, passive <laughs> breath, aggress. I just don't think it's that deep. Okay, well, correct. You're All smiling, right. so yeah, I'm fucking smiling. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. Well, well, well. Um, I'm gonna go into our black girl doing shit. Um, one of them is Glenn, who is filling her, uh, personal basket with her personal eggs. Um, sorry, I'm petty. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) correct. Exactly. Thanks for the shout out. The other, other, um, this week we are born, we're born. Whoa, 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 chill. We are joined (laughs) by Narisha Willis, the designer of Avenue Official, a luxury streetwear brand that uses controversial statements, colors, and textures. Narisha considers herself a fashion activist and is the designer who coined the phrase ghetto until proven fashionable. She is a CFDA designer. She's been featured in Vogue, which you will hear a little tea on that. Mm-hmm. Refinery29 and Essence. She'll be hosting a two-day pop-up experience for Fashion Week on September 9th and 10th. So stay posted. We'll post more about this. We also talk about it in the episode. And she is just incredibly talented, uh, a gem. Stay tuned to hear more and let us know what you think and cop her shit if you're in New York City. Attend that event and let's get into it. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. All right. So... Thank you for stepping into the group chat, Narisha. We are so glad you're here. We love to play little icebreaker games to like get you warmed up, get you ready for the group chat, get you ready for the heat. But before we do that, I want to talk more about your coined phrase, ghetto until proven fashionable. Um, We talked about this in your bio and you recently spoke with Essence Magazine. I saw about this. Would love to hear more. And I just wonder when will they stop swagger jacking us? 
<laughs> Listen, I can't even answer that question, but the other question I could definitely <laughs> answer. So I started using the phrase get on to food fashionable in like 2016. So it started off as a hashtag because I was a creative director um, when I moved to L.A. So I was doing different shoes and like to describe the shoots, it was get on to approve and fashionable. And then fast forward in 2017, 20, 2018, beginning of 2018, um, I put it on a hoodie. I believe it's 2017. I'm sorry. I put it on a hoodie. And this was after Trey Martin um, was assassinated. If you want to be. Tell yeah, what it is. want to call it like it is. Call it what Trayvon it is. Martin, you know? yes. And um, it really resonated with that phrase because a lot of times cultural appropriation, it stems from racism. It stems from ignorance. Um, so for me to put that on a hoodie, it was my way of bringing awareness, um, to what was going on or what is still going on <laughs> in America, um, just to sum it up. And, um, it was basically for fashion activists, you know, to give us a voice, um, during, during, the, during these times. So. I love that. And it's crazy to see, like. I, I saw an article, I can't remember who made it, but it was just showing like all the things black folks have done. And then like a year later, a year and a half later, you see it on the runway. Like it, and it showed like Dapper Dan, it showed like edges, right. it showed all these different things. So I love that you, you like you coined that, you, you made merch out of it. But before we kind of get more into the juice, I, I did promise a game with you knowing the fashions. Um, we have a little game we play called on Reddit reply. It, we haven't brought it out in a minute, but basically if you are feeling something, you will reply, like you will reply to that person's text. And if you were like, I'm not here for it, you will leave it on red. Yeah. So we're going to do this real quick with a couple fall fashion trends. The first one I want to know, are you leaving it on red or are you replying this Gen Z style we keep seeing. I'm hearing murmurings that low-rise jeans are back. How do you feel about this? Mm, I'm keeping it red. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Gen Z fashions at large or specifically the low-rise jeans? That's a good question. Um, no, 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 not the Gen Z. No, no, no. Um, low-riders. The low rise. Okay. Gen Z fashion is cool. I mean, whatever floats they vote. <laughs> whatever floats they vote. Um, like, I'm not really into trends, per se. I just feel like whatever works for your body, um, that's what you wear. For me, I'm five feet. I'm very petite. So I love high-waisted jeans. And that's what particularly, like, 80s are the case. So they may think, like, why they wearing those mom jeans, <laughs> you know? Right. But, <laughs> but I love it because it's like, I'm not just going to be out here like in a little halter top. So I love if I wear a crop top, I got the high waist jeans, you know, I could dress it up or dress it down. So. Correct. The right. high waist yeah. jean just did wonders for the girls like myself that have a small waist and a big ass. Just, <laughs> I'm saying, it really like, I can't do nothing with no straight, straight waistline on a low rise jean does nothing for my body i don't know where your the ass is, is even going small. in a low rise the butt jean. is so small yeah i don't know jean. how that would where even does work it <laughs> doesn't work does not yeah. work and mm -mm. i got a little booty so i like how wasted it appears that something is poking from the body yes correct. it's an, a little <laughs> nice illusion we got right 
Next up, I have, I don't know if you've seen this. I'm starting to see a lot of clunky, chunky boots. They're like giving, I don't even it know. Like, like a little, like a, it's like a Rick Owens energy, like very, just a chunky boot. And a lot of like fast fashion brands are remaking them. As yeah. Well. Doing them in a sandal, doing them in a boot, doing them in a, like a, a loafer. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to leave that on red. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not for me. Mm-mm. You're not doing these trends. All right, I got another one for you. The Bottega Obsession. Let me see. I went to, um, what was that? Neiman's for the first time, because I'm not a European designer type of chick. I support my black designers. That's my designer to me. <laughs> so um, when I went to Neiman's, happened, I was with a friend. They were buying like some shoes. And I saw the Bottega purse, and when I touched it, I was just confused. Like, the handle. I was really confused what was going on. Like, I'm not understanding why it's, it's it costs that much. <laughs> I'm confused. Shut up. No, the, the leather is very, yeah. it's very soft. The leather is very soft. Leather, yes, I agree. But if I'm going to spend that amount of money like I want the whole thing to be filled with like great quality the chain part is like it feels like plastic yeah the chain <laughs> looks I don't really very know. forever 21 yeah I don't love the um the cage boot the girls were loving I, like the cage, netted the cage, like square like, yeah, toe and your foot was like stuck in the shoe I think those mm-hmm. are so cute Mm-mm. on a I certain point yeah I think yeah if you're like a size five or a six once you start yeah, going up to like foot it's cute Nine yeah. ten, that shit is gonna look a little brazy. Right, but you do have some girls that come out to play, and they look really cute, you know. So I do see the, the things that you guys mentioned when other people wear. I feel like, oh, that is so cute, but it's just not for me. Like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't know how to like really dress it and step out and feel confident, especially in them hot boots. I probably like fall over or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking I have on sneakers and be like, no, it's still a platform, so you still have to keep your balance. Mm-mm. And that's so important because I feel like people think they see a trend, but everything is not for everybody. Right. right. So that like part. you need to dress for you and not just copy what other people are wearing. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. That's the importance of style. Mm-hmm. You know, you will fit your body, what you like and what you feel in that day. You know what I mean? Because I know I dress based on my mood, you know, or if I'm feeling down, I have to put on heels because it gives me a little pep. You know, in my steps. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Right, since high school, I've been wearing heels, and my friends be like, Where are you going? We'll go to like, um, we call it a set in Jersey City. I'm from the hood. So we call it like a set. So you go in somebody's house where you like drink and like kickback. Like a kickback. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, they were like drinking and stuff like that. And I would go like ready for a fashion show. They'd be like, Where are you going? I'd be like, I don't know where you're going, but I'm going here and I'm wearing this. <laughs> Correct. Let them I, know. I've grown to Wait, love a That makes me ask a question really quick. You know, they say that like women dress for women instead mm-hmm. of dressing for men. It sounds like you dress for yourself. Yes, yeah. I really, really do. At a young age, my mom, she really allowed me to be expressive, which I absolutely love. Like, you know, this probably would be deemed ghetto, but like in second and third grade, I was wearing like blue hair when Little Mo came out. 
super super woman with this dark skin women full lips like i saw a yes. on you know what i mean so when she came out she had the blue hair the blue braids my mom allowed me to wear blue braids yellow i was wearing all types of colors in my hair she allowed me to be very expressive so i always dress for me like every time to be like why you overdressed no such thing no but such why thing. you yeah like why you wearing this or why you wearing that and i was like i'm dressing for me i don't care about what anybody else got going on yeah. that's just like a dress code like a theme then i will go with the theme but other than that narisha is coming she's coming to slay like yes <laughs> i love that energy this last one i have is more so just like commentary on current events i feel like a lot of girls saw the dolce and gabbana show and Dolce Gabbana is pretty fucking racist. Um, a lot of them are, but Dolce Gabbana has just done like outwardly racist things. And it was just so crazy to see like all the girls at the show. Like they had Normani at the show, Saweetie, Megan, like Doja Cat. Well, Sierra. you know, white supremacy Vanessa cat was going to pull up. Yeah. Right. But that's what they do, though. That's what they do to, to try to mask what they're doing. They invite like the it celebrities or the it girls to the function to make us be like, oh, they're supporting us. In reality, it's like, no, you need, you need to take accountability of what you guys are doing behind closed doors, like at those meetings. There need to be conversations that need to be had and, and solutions implemented, not just playing tokenism with black girls, you know, and trends and, and having them child is a mess. It really <laughs> is. And I wanted to be so happy when I saw Diddy's daughters because they look stunning. Mm-hmm, um, they but it and and so it was hard. Like I wanted to separate being able to see these young chocolate black girls look so regal from like the fucked up to your point tokenism. But like I don't know. Eventually, I feel like we have to get past that. Like you said, you said straight out the gate, like European designers are not your designers. Black designers are your designers. So when we keep Mm -hmm. that same energy and like keep it in the family, I think we'll be in a good place. Don't get me wrong. A bitch loves a designer. I do. I can't lie. But I feel like there has to be a good balance. So I don't know. We'll see. It has to be a balance. I mean, like, you know, being an independent designer, like you see a, a lot of you know, and I'm not calling out my people. I love my people. But you see free advertisement. And then when you see another brand of Black designer who has quality, it's like, you know, it's been times where I have sent people clothes, you know, and they loved it. And either they would like wear it and not tag me or it's something. But soon as it's like a Chanel or, um, I don't know, Bottega, it's like, that tag is real strong in that caption. You right. know what I mean? Right. So it's like it's really placing like, value on. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So it's just, it's just the support needs to be circulated, you know, equally. That's all. If you're going to wear your designer, it's cool. Like, I'm not telling people what they can and cannot do, but just support Black designers as well. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of brings me to my first question for you as we, what we call step formally into the group chat. We just want to know, like, where did you start designing? Like, I'd love for our listeners to learn more about your brand, how you got started, what you're working on, like all the background on you. Okay. Um, ooh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> okay, so I went to college. My background is PR and journalism. Um, I absolutely love writing. Um, however, it was a time where I couldn't finish college because 
I couldn't take out any more loans. So like, you know, this girl coming from the inner city, I was so excited to, you know, attend college because it was a PWI, which I wanted an HBCU, but let one of my teachers convince me that I need to be exposed to diversity. Um, that's another subject. Oh, <laughs> that's another subject. But um, so I went to a PWI, CU Hall University. I couldn't attend any longer. And so like I went into like this depression mode um, before I even knew what depression was at that time, you know. And my mom, she sat me down. She was like, listen, as cliche as it sounds, my mom was like, fashion is your passion. Why don't you do something in that field? And, you know, even when I was in high school, my teachers, they conditioned me because I excelled in my grades to be a doctor or a lawyer. So I never thought about actually being a designer as a like as my career choice. So I started a blog in 2013 called Avenue N. Um, basically, it was highlighting black designers um, around this tri-state area. So I would go around. I would do interviews with them. I would host events with pop up shops where they would come. Everybody meet and they could sell their things and whatnot. And then um, <laughs> I moved to LA. Fast forward, I moved to LA. In LA, I got my hands in photography. I got my hands in creative directing. Um, I still was great. And I was just doing a lot of things. And it took me when I moved back home um, to Jersey, I just started because I always have sketches. Like I have sketches since, like, since I was in the second grade. I used to sketch bathing suits. Right. And so I still have all of these sketches. Um, and so I would just started sketching and I started like going through stuff. And the first thing that I sketched and actually made um, got manufactured was the blazer dress that was actually featured in Essence. So it's like for my first sketch to come to life, be featured in Essence, it was like, OK, we get it somewhere. Yeah, like, we, we are getting somewhere on to something. Exactly. Right. And um, oh, just to backtrack. So in between that, before I came back home, I started a movement. I started a movement called Black Vogue Movement. It was a social justice movement that targeted cultural appropriation. So my thing is people have different ways of showing up. Right. With activism. You have if you, if you talk about the Black Panther movement, you have people that were in the, in the field. You have people that were regu regulating the school systems. It's just different ways people showed up. And so for me, um, my favorite artist is Nina Simone. And so she says a quote about, um, you know, you can't be an artist and can't reflect the times that you're living in. And so like creating a Black Vogue movement and I had shirts with Black Vogue on it. We got to get into that soon. <laughs> I was, um, that's my next question, girl. Well, wait, I have a question though. <laughs> and this is so random. Stick with me. Yeah. I remember I was watching an episode of Grownish, and mm -hmm. um, what is her name on the show? Zoe. Zoe. She decides to study like fashion, but also like mm -hmm. culture and politics, and how all those things mm -hmm. intersect. And I wondered if you could just expand on or expound on how you found that, like the way that we dress ourselves, is a way to express the times or to express yeah. social movements and how you saw that overlap as being like a, like a beautiful, like synergy, I guess. Right. Um, basically I lived it. I mean, as far as dressing, right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. growing up in the inner city, you know, being black, it's like the things you put on, you are judged for it. You know, we don't have the luxury to just throw in a hoodie and some track pants and people not perceive us a certain way, 
right? So it's like my grandmother, I always witnessed her dress up to the T. And when she dressed up to the T, I mean, she would come to my school and she would wear fur coats. You know, she would wear all of these things. And I've witnessed how people respected her. So it's yes. something that we can't ignore. I know everybody say don't judge a book by its, by its cover, but they do. Yeah. You know, so I feel like with the way we dress, it, it comes with being like stereotypes, prejudice, all of that intertwined. Because the what I put on is how you perceive me. You don't you don't give me the luxury to have a conversation with me to learn my background, to understand me. It's just more so like soon as you see me, it's like straight judgment. So clothes play a major role in what we go through in society, whether people want to say it or not. Like, you know, especially when you're black, like I'm thinking about like, you know, people telling their sons, like, you can't wear a hoodie. And then I think about like billionaires that are, that's what they wear, a hoodie and jeans and right. they're good, like white, specifically white billionaires. Right. Um, but we have to dress up to like say something that we're safe, I guess. Right. And I have, I have, a, I have a, a little brother who's my heart and he loves hoodies. And when I lived with my mom, I used to always tell him like, please baby, put your hood down, you know? Cause my brother, my family, we have a lot of hair and we hairy, right? And so my brother, he was like 16 with a full beard, you know? <laughs> he's like, and, and the men in my family are tall. Like they're like 6'1", six, 6'6". Six, six. You know, he's a big guy. So people may judge him as, you know, this is a grown man when right. he's just a baby. You know, well, not now. He's 20 now, but he was a baby. So I, I used to tell him like, you know, please put your hood down. Mistaken identity. You know, even living in Jersey City, just the violence and everything going on, just please show your face. So we have to have conversations about if a police approach you, how to react, you know what I mean? These things that we have to have with our black, with our black men. And like, not recently, I didn't even know, and it may be ignorant, but I didn't even know it affect black women in that way, as far as like getting stopped by the police because of things that we witnessed, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's just, I have one more question. I know Shade has her thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I was just thinking about in terms of like how like fashion and the way that we choose to present ourselves in the world communicates messages, the way it reflects the times. And we were talking about this in a recent episode and thinking about Shakari Richardson and how everybody like mm-hmm. lost their mind when seeing how she showed up on the track with like an orange wig and the lashes and the nails and how everybody was like, whoa, like we're seeing this person like represent their personal style, like in sports. But I have felt this kind of way where like, I felt like people were on one side, like celebrating the fact that she was showing up, but also feeling like there was like a way of, of, of drawing attention to her because it was like something that we hadn't seen before because it was quote unquote ghetto because it was a a, a wig and it was orange and it was long lashes. And I don't know, I just wondered if you had any thoughts of that or like how you felt when you saw Shikari on the track, what you thought she was representing, any, anything that comes um, to mind? I was just, I was just proud because she was a black woman. So I didn't really pay attention to her nails and hair because I'm surrounded by that. So for me, that's not a shock. That may, that may was a shock to CNN <laughs> or other people around. And then you right, have exactly. to look at, right. In retrospect, look at Flo, what's her name? Flojo? Flojo, yeah. Flojo, she did the acrylic nails and stuff like that. So things like that, it doesn't shock me because 
it's my co- it's my culture. It's our culture. You know, it it only becomes a big deal when somebody from the other scope says something about it, and then it triggers somebody else, and then we have to like shout it out, like you know, just to like praise her to be comfortable in what she's doing, even though she's already comfortable. So for me, it was nothing like shocking. I was just proud as the sport, like what she was doing, and I didn't pay attention to what. She I mean, it's ghetto until proven fashionable again, like the Jenners and the this and that and all these white women that want to look like they're of color, wear long acrylics, wear wigs, wear colored all hair, sorts of colorful hair all the time. Yeah. And it's like, like edgy and cool. And that shit gets on my nerves. <laughs> But it's just a huge deal. We're like, oh my God, not we, but like the media was making yeah. such a huge deal of how Shakari was coming to run. And as you said, this is and that's the norm. Dress that every is, day. That's right. the norm. I grew up in the projects. I saw all of that. We people was running after their kids and, and nails and colors. And <laughs> and that's that's that, point, that was coming to house. Like we <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like that that's the norm for me. But like I said, when it's on the other scope of, you know, when media pick it up, it's like, ooh. Even a com- did you hear the commentary? Like, did you guys listen to the commentary? It was like I feel like it was like, even in that wig and nails, she still can run. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, they were dead ass. No, 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 no. I'm serious. What is that true? <laughs> yes. You heard it, was, right? Like, no, it was you just gotta hear it. It was just like I don't know. To me, it wasn't like praising her. It was, it was kind of condescending. It was sarcastic mm. a little bit. The tone of it, like you got to really listen to it. I'm just like, I'm gonna have hmm. to pull that up, but I'm not surprised. Okay, mm-hmm. girl, we got to get into it though. So if y'all don't know, you launched the 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 Black Vogue, uh-huh. and then I'm seeing you were featured in Vogue and Teen Vogue, but then a few months later they sued you he sips water sips essentia yes so 2017 i came out with uh the movement 2018 they feature me maybe like four months i could be wrong with the numbers y'all have a short-term memory with the numbers but a couple of months later they sued me and it was crazy because I didn't get featured in Vogue not once. I got featured in Vogue twice. So I was just like, wait, what? what is going on? So I'm assuming because they featured me, I was thinking naively like, okay, this is a conversation that that we about to have. Like this is open up. I thought it was like change. Like I thought I was just, <laughs> I thought they was going to march along right with me. And then they hit me with a no. They hit me with infringement. Which, okay, because the Vogue mirrors their Vogue, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's Tom's Roman. But I understand that business is business. It's the other accounts that they tried to put on me. Um, tarnishing a brand. Literally, I had got an uh, email saying that I can't have Black in front of Vogue. <gasps> mm-hmm. oh yeah, we can we t- talk about it now. Like, the, 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 everything is over with. The lawsuit is over with. So yeah, it was like tarnishing a brand, unfair competition, and frim- infringement and damages. Oh, so they were threatened. <laughs> Listen, this is yes, they were this like, is oh, this is, I already realized that we're about to be irrelevant. Hold on now. 
And it was just me. It was literally just me. I mean, the questions, because you have to think about it. That was my first couple of months in business. Right. Right. It's things that I need to learn, you know, first time generation, you know, just trying to figure it out. So it's things that they were asking me questions that I didn't have the answer to because it's like I just started. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I literally just started and you guys just came and I don't have the answer for that. And I don't they I don't know if they I had a deposition for nine hours. They came with like all of these crates, like letter A to Mm -hmm. like. Z or something like that. And they just went through everything and asked me all these questions. I mean, I saw emails in there where they were literally watching me. Like they had, I saw an email that was like, she just posted. <laughs> I, That's mad weird because I would think at, when you get to Vogue, like that name and what it is affiliated with and what it conjures up is almost divorced from the publication itself. Like Exactly. You're thinking about right. voguing and like even within like the queer like ball yes. scene that comes from Vogue and it's right. it, it, it means it's, it's, it's a fashion thing, right? It's a right. it's a, it it's a lifestyle, it's a whole thing, it's not just a publication. So it's unsurprising right. to me that you would use that name at that point. But you know I'm I mean? stuck that they featured you, they tried to act like it was all good. They featured you more than once. You were in Vogue and Teen Vogue, and then they mm-hmm. sued you. The fuck and is that? They- Right. And then they sued me. And I was just like, when I tell you, I think I didn't understand. I didn't understand the magnitude of it until Mm -hmm. I spoke to my mentor, which is April Walker. Oh, my. She's my angel. Um, I spoke to April Walker and she was like, listen, I'm going to hook you up with my dear friend who is a lawyer. Mm -hmm. My lawyer was Keith White. Excuse me, Dr. Keith White. And once we started talking, I understood the magnitude of what I was getting my myself into by taking on this case. Yeah. I mean, it's Vogue. That's crazy. Yeah. Major. And they were coming at me hard. I mean, it was like a, na- like, you know, like, like nasty divorces. So they were doing like little things um, that cost so much money, you know, in order for me, because. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they assumed that this was something big, but they, common sense, they know that I don't have the money that they have. So all the tactics that they was pulling was like crazy. I mean, like third parties, they had to go through all of my emails. And I'm just like, y'all searching for nothing. Like (laughs) searching for nothing is really not nothing. And I imagine like that could also be like, I mean, this might sound silly, but like hurtful because you're a lover of fashion. You probably mm-hmm. looked in Vogue. Like, of it's course. like. Yes, yes. It's like um, right now I can laugh about it because yeah. I have gone through the every emotion possible. But I also know that Vogue is not my story. I also know that my story is bigger than Vogue. What am I? Everything that I'm doing doesn't equate to the validation that I need from both. So now I'm able to talk about it. I'm able to laugh about it. But however, in the midst of that, like my business was my identity, right? Mm. And that's something that I want people to learn from as entrepreneurs, your business cannot be your identity. And I know that the culture, you know, tells us to put your all into it, be obsessed with it, eat, breathe, wake up to it. And it's just not healthy because when Mm. that lawsuit came and I had to stop them shirts, I felt like my world just stopped. And it may sound like dramatic, but when no, you, not at all. 
Do you feel like something is your purpose, right? So we got to distinguish between purpose and assignments. I believe that that was an assignment. I believe it wasn't my purpose. So within that assignment, I couldn't identify that. And I thought it was my purpose. And I was right. just, I, I, I had meant to, this, I could be real transparent with you guys. I had meant to breakdowns. I stopped my whole business because it's like, if you can build something from the ground up, and somebody could come just snatch it away from you. Mm-hmm. It, it gave me, it gave, it, it made me fearful, you know, not more so a vogue because, you know, I went against the case. It was more so like, dang, you could really build something and somebody take it away. So now what I learned from that situation is that I have to have all my ducks in a row. So now mm-hmm. we got that trademark. You know what I'm saying? Now I got a lawyer on speed dial. So now I got a CPA. So now I have all of these things that equip me to be a good business woman. You know what I mean? Because outside of the fashion and designing, if you call yourself a CEO, you have to know the ins and outs of the industry. Mm-hmm. So that's what I had to go through that situation to learn all mm-hmm. of that. Because I probably just would have kept going and doing a heat pressing and hustling, right? Hustling is not a good thing. People have this mindset of hustle, hustle. It's like, no, you want to work smarter. Work smart. Mm-hmm. Yes. My dad always told me that. I couldn't understand when he was telling me that, like, in college and stuff like that. I'm like, nah, I'm a hustler. Like, you know, I'm from the hood. We got to get it out the mud. Like, all of these things. <laughs> yeah. It's like, girl, you're draining yourself. Like, stop. You know what I mean? So it was very hurtful. I went through mental breakdowns. I remember in the deposition, I remember it was a time period. Who I'm giving y'all over to? I remember it was a Listen, time people period. Be, people be doing this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> You're in the group chat. You're in the group chat. Right. And, I, and you know, speaking to Black women, I just feel at home, you know, no matter no matter where I'm at. So, but it's, but it was a time in the case where it was getting real nasty and my and my lawyer had like he went in you know what i mean he did he uh, he understood the assignment you know what i mean <laughs> it was a point where i had to take a break and leave the room and i actually cried because it was like it was so overwhelming and also to see because we always say black men protect black women and in that instant I saw firsthandedly a black man protecting a black woman. You know what I mean? It was like he went, he went ham. So it was like very emotional things I was dealing with with that. And then also, you know, just financially draining me. It drained me. Like I literally got a bill because we had to do a third party. I literally got a bill for like six G's because <laughs> they charge by gigabyte. I mean, talk about it. It's so much stuff that I went through. So I had to, I had to step back from everything. I had to step back from my brand. I had to get my mental health back, right? I had to grow spiritually. I had to get closer to God because I really didn't understand what was going on. And so from that situation, it birthed Avenue. Come on. And we are here. (laughs) We are here. That had to be so scary. Yeah, it, it, it was. It, it really was. And even my lifestyle changed. You know, like I, I just moved into a beautiful loft downtown um, Los Angeles because I was working from home. So inventory, I was in a studio. And so inventory got so much like from my ghetto to proven fashionable hoodies. It wasn't even the Black Vogue shirts. It was the ghetto to prove a fashionable hoodie that took over my whole studio. Like I literally have pictures on Instagram. If you scroll down, you'll see like it's 
all over my floor. So it was time to move. So these are things that, you know, I was progressing, I was growing. And then just to get smacked with a lawsuit and you still trying to learn. And I became my my brand, the movement, it became so public so fast and went viral so fast that I couldn't make my mistakes privately. You know, mm. a lot of people, you know, business owners or fashion designers. I had one friend talking to me yesterday and she was saying like, you know, she's been designing and she can't figure out why she's not, you know, getting a recognition and all of these things. I'm like, take that time to really master your craft, mm-hmm. not only with designing, but the business aspect of it. Because once you go viral, you can't turn back. Right. You can't you gotta be turn ready. Back. You have to be ready for that. Right. And you have to stand on that stamina. Like you have to keep going because things trends, everything moves <laughs> so fast. So you have to take that and milk it. So you need to be prepared when you go viral or when you get these recognitions, because when I was getting every, I mean, every publication you could think of, my brand was in it. And I'm so thankful. That's not to brag or nothing like that. But when you're in the public, you brag. Can't, <laughs> I don't care. We don't we gonna brag over here. <laughs> but when you in a when you in a public, it's like, ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 no room for error. You kind of feel like that, you know. Even though I feel like my supporters are my family members, they my cousins. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my supporters got me through all of it. I mean, I was getting emails with prayers, like mm-hmm. detailed prayers in it. I mean, they were like tipping me. They they did my, um, they donated to my GoFundMe. Like they were super, super supportive. So yeah, I learned a lot from that guys. But I also want people to take away from that situation is that the very thing that we may be fighting for can be a distraction to what we are trying to do. So my goal is to always create spaces for my people, right? This is why I always love throwing events and, you know, COVID came and now I have this new event coming up back on the block uh, for New York Fashion Week. So my goal is to always create spaces for us. And especially during New York Fashion Week, because I was that girl. I was that girl that didn't get invited to events. I would get dressed up. I would go to New York right. and I would play New York Fashion Week. And I was like walking up and down the block, like pretending that I was going places. I studied abroad in Milan. I met this guy who told me this right. pretend to you on the phone and they might let you in or you might get photographed. I used to be trying. Right. And so I was that girl. So I know how it feels to absolutely love fashion. It feels like you're not being included. So the event that I'm having, even an event prior to that I had during last Fashion Week, um creating spaces so with that lawsuit it was like it was distracting me from the work that I wanted to do within my culture you get what I'm saying I feel like you just always I don't regret going to you know going to battle with them but it's like you have to just choose your way of fighting you know and financially that wasn't a smart decision you know um but it's other ways I can fight you know it's other ways that I can impact my culture where I don't have to go against something like that that will drain me mentally and financially you know just go where you celebrate it so right beautiful I'm having so many thoughts right now I'm like this is like it's not even unique to the fashion industry I think about what Mm -hmm. we're doing in the podcasting world and how it's so white and how like three white girls can do exactly what we're doing but blow Mm -hmm. up in a way that 
is different from us. Like, and all these barriers that are constantly put in front of black people. And I'm also thinking of Lindsay Peoples Wagner, who recently she like wrote a piece for the cut um, where she's now the editor, editor in chief, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was at Teen Vogue. And I just want to read this. This title is, is there room for fashion criticism in a racist industry? And I want to read two quotes. So the first quote, I never saw myself in, in most of the images that weren't from black publications but that didn't soften my love for them. It's that feeling of like, you love this shit that doesn't love you back. You know, you mm-hmm. love this fashion right. that like just doesn't love you back. Um, and then she mm-hmm. said, when I came back to the cut earlier this year as editor in chief, I knew I wanted to keep pushing to make a publication for, for people like me, the outsiders, those who never fit into the fashion industry's narrow idea of what's worthy. It was a really good piece. So, so beautiful. I have to read that. I did not read that, but that sounds so beautiful. Yeah. And it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. If you, if you hear every, most of all of the black designers, if you listen to the interviews, if you, even Anifa, that's, that's the, you know, oh, she we talks love her. About, we, what? I love her. When I tell you she's such yeah. a sweetheart, like anytime I asked her for advice, she was never like withholding information. She gave me so much insight. I, I love her. Um, but she also said it too. She felt excluded. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, I was just gonna yeah. say it's like when you when you bridge, it's like the industry shit that becomes the problem, mm-hmm. right? It's like you love mm-hmm. the creativity, you love the expression, you love how you feel in the garments, but then there's that industry side, that business side when it's just yeah. cutthroat. It's about the money, it's about the trends, it's about the connections. And it brings me to, you know. When everybody was saying um, Kanye, Kanye West was ranting, I'm not talking about what he did on TMZ. I'm talking about prior to that. When he, <laughs> I'm about that. I ain't, I ain't with that. But I'm talking about prior to when he was having the shows and he was going on, you know, this rant. But they was calling it rant. But he was actually speaking truth. Everybody say, you know, why don't you create your own? And it's like, yes, we can, and we are creating our own. But to get the magnitude of money production, you know how hard it is? It is so hard. Like even like transparency, um, minimum quantity order, it's like sometimes it's minimum of 300 pieces. So if you come in as an independent designer, you releasing a new product, that's a risk. You know, that's a risk that we have to take because we don't know if all of that product is going to move fast enough and become dead stock. You know what yep. I mean? It's like, so real. <laughs> right. And so like to have these bigger companies be- behind us and, and actually give us, you know, the the funding for it, it is a difference because they have connects. And fashion, the fashion world is smaller than what people think. If you look at it, all of those brands is owned by one <laughs> yep. company. Right, exactly. I was going to say, I worked at... um carrying a fashion house and I worked at Adidas and there's so many barriers of entry like you know I've had like little pipe dreams of like having a boutique one day but like you said there's Mm -hmm. like minimum order quantities like you can't just you have to have bread to get anything started like you can't just I mean you can people have done it but it's just very very hard yeah It's, it's very it's very hard and you see women who are even women that is reach a certain level it's like they still is not matching the type of income that's being backed 
behind like Dolce and Gabbana. You right. know, it's, like a, it's a whole different world. You know? And that's years, like not a few years. We are talking like decades. 1930s, 1940s, decades, decades yeah. of, right. of this. Yeah. yeah. Historical yeah. brands. Like, we, we, really we were talking about this. Um, Chelsea and I just did a podcast. We were on another show before this. Shout out to Mina B. And we talked about the Tiffany... Um, Diamond and Beyonce and Jay-Z and I don't know if we'll we'll get into all of it but but the for me the biggest takeaway and I mean we can't get into it but the biggest takeaway for me is like I really want us to get to a point where like it's not glorified or special that Beyonce gets to be the first black woman to wear a blood diamond like and 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 not to say that she she should have known or didn't know or whatever it may be like even if it weren't a blood diamond, I don't want to hear any more of the first black this as though it's some like amazing thing to be allowed to wear your shit. Like I'm good on that. Like I want to see Beyonce's and and everyone of the world, like supporting brands like yours or supporting, you know, small businesses, bigging up brands that like need that support in a way that is going to be so much more impactful for us as like a community, because Mm -hmm. it really works across. Like I help you out. Now you are potentially helping out a small up and coming black stylist who's helping out a small up and coming black photographer. Whereas these white, you know, big brands keep it all in their circle. And, and, and that's what they've, they've done so well. Like mm-hmm. we need to take a page out of their book and just keep it amongst ourselves and spend amongst ourselves. And, and I'll stop ranting because y'all know how I could go on. That's what we talking about. Black nepotism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's also like we've been conditioned and I'm a part of that conditioning to believe Oh, sorry. Sounds of the city. <laughs> but we've been conditioned to believe that like you always have to have more. And it's like, well, what if I just bought a really great quality pair of jeans from you? That fine. It might be $300 because you got to get that denim that's going to last for 10 plus years. And that's OK. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't have this big machine behind you to to afford to sell a $10 pair of jeans. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, invest that's a little right. more money. That's such a good point, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. That's so, that's so true. Um, As far as, I don't even know where to start. I agree with. (laughs) No, I went, I I went on and on and on and on. I agree with with everything you're saying. It's just like, where do we find, because being the flat, the first black woman to do something, it's not a bad thing on our part because we breaking barriers. But far as like society, right? It's like, when is that going to end to be the first? Right. And it's not just happening with Black people. You have like the first Asian that won like an Oscar or something like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like diversity in in overall, it just needs to be more of it. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a hot mess. Yeah, it is. I think we're, I think we're moving though. I think the the zeitgeist (laughs) is changing and hopefully we're, we're making some headway. I hope so. Yeah. I I think that our generation, like as much as you do see some of the like same habits of like Gucci, 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 diamonds, 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 blah, 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 blah. You also do see people that are like supporting up and coming artists. And, and I think it's these conversations that make somebody be like, Oh, wow. Like Vogue that I, 
put on a pedestal that I think is so amazing did this really fucked up thing. Like maybe I should kind of like reassess the way I praise some of these white organizations. I mean, cause it was, it, it was crazy too. It was people like, you know, under the comment was like bashing Vogue, da, 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 and then you turn around and it's like Vogue in a bio. Like, <laughs> right, right. I think we need to pick a side and we got to stay there. You know yeah. what I mean? And not just, support somebody when it's convenient you know what I mean and that's that that goes for everybody right it's like don't just support something or it it, it almost seemed like the disrespect from other brands when it comes to black people it's almost like a trend you know how a trend happens everybody on it and then when it dies down nobody wants it anymore nobody want to deal with it anymore nobody talks about it anymore Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like no, we have to like remember what they did because it's not going to be their last time. They're going to do it over and over again because the lack of diversity behind the scenes in those business meetings, those creative directors, those photographers, like they literally do not understand our culture. And it shows because how do you not, thinking back before, how do you not know to put a little black boy and a monkey? Right. <laughs> Or like movie, who? Who were the people that did that like very odd ass blackface ad? Uh, <laughs> They've all it? done. I'm like, like, like who who knows the, there's so many. And examples. it's other people that did the noose, like mad crazy stuff. It's just it's, like it's, it's becoming blatant. It's like y'all that ignorant. Y'all really not understanding. No. Yeah, no, they, like, they, y'all doing it for for. They're for that folks. ignorant, and the problem yeah, and is they don't have I, they don't have people in the room that are black like. Like when I was at caring, like, damn, I hope I don't get sued. <laughs> Let me say, say, go ahead and name the names. <laughs> Call them out. Well, I'm not going to say which brand, but we know that's like a historic. They have a lot of the biggest brands. And like, thank God that our VP was a black woman of I in, in the eyewear department. And she would say things and bring up things that to me were very obvious, but obviously it wasn't to them. But mm-hmm. if it weren't, if it were not for her, those things might have made it to, you know, the public. Yeah. And and, and for her feeling confident to say it because right, right. you don't want to be the, oh, God damn, here comes this black girl always talking about black shit in the meeting. Right. <laughs> right. And being in that position can be very draining. It's like you come to work, you're doing something that you love and you always have to like have these conversations you know what I mean? To speak up and tell these people that it's not okay. So it does get draining. I do feel like they need to do their research too. Did you guys watch um, the first, The oh my goodness, what is it called? The first Sunday, the last Sunday? Something, it was basically a documentary of the Met Gala. About the Met Gala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. oh, the first Monday in May. The first Monday in May. Randomly, I'm just laying down, chilling on YouTube, you know, YouTube University, learning things. And I come across that documentary. When I say the blatant disrespect for Asian culture that was displayed in that documentary, I'm shocked that they even, like, made that public. Like, if you look at it, and literally they had a guy who was Asian and telling them that this is not okay, this go against our culture. And the guy literally says, like, oh, but you don't like controversy. 
So controversy is more important. Girl, you have to watch it. That's why they're doing it. That's that's why we're doing it. No, but right. they know who to play with because they're not going to do something controversial to other groups of people. And mm-hmm. I don't need to specify which groups, but they know. Oh, girl, I know who you're with. talking about. They not like doing certain that. groups are protected, and certain groups there. It's just like, yeah, let's continue to shit on them. Continue to yeah. shit on them. They're still gonna buy mm-hmm. it. Like they're still gonna buy it. That they're part. still going to buy it, and they're gonna get mad. Yeah, and and and, and, and probably still buy it. But again, it's not even our fault because, as we spoke about earlier, it's this vicious cycle. Like, if I'm going to a nice restaurant or a nice, I don't know area and i'm not wearing a certain outfit then i get treated a certain you know what i'm saying it's like yeah i mean you think about like i mentioned earlier thinking about the word vogue and how it's associated with like like ascending right in the Mm -hmm. ballroom scene maybe have these houses of whatever of all these brands it's become like this aspirational thing i was watching raising canaan and they were talking about Mm -hmm. how like wearing polo like in the 90s it was like i'm wearing polo because i'm not supposed to be wearing polo that's why right I keep buying it and mm-hmm. there's like an awareness of that and like i don't know just thinking about reshifting what the aspiration towards is and like right like you were saying narisha like going back to buying black like it was never for us they don't want it to be for us didn't tommy hill figures say that or was that a rumor didn't he like say it's not for you guys? I feel like several brands said, said that. And we still, probably, another man said that too. I forgot the name. God. He probably did. Yeah. I mean, we can we can lose count of all the things that happen within the industry, right, towards us. But I know for me, I'm in my black designer. Like what I have on right now is just a mod. It's my friend. This was her first cut and sew um, that she did, and it's. <laughs> It's beautiful. Designer. You know what I mean? Like, I just... I That's my designer, exactly. Yeah, I wear my friends stuff. I wear black designers. And it's like... That's what it's given. That's that's what, that's the type of time I'm on. You I'm, know? I, I want to get on our, your time. Should we share some of our favorite black designers? Because I know Shai love her some brands, child. She said, I want to get on your time. Is that why you said that? <laughs> no, I do. I'm like, I want to get on your time. Because yeah. I got right. to do better. Like, no, and before your viewers say something, I want to say because these earrings, hair store, and I know the five represents like Chanel. Chanel. Yeah. I was yeah. Say, what is that five? But this is not it. Listen, I get a lot of earrings. From <laughs> I just want to let them know because I can see somebody asking me mad questions. They're like, "Where'd you get those? My earrings don't never turn, and they be coming from the." Black. She <laughs> said, "My earrings don't well, never turn. They don't turn. They don't oh turn. My God. Oh, you said hair store." Yes. Yes. Well, okay. I'm going to share one of my favorite black designers. Shout out to Bernard James, black jewelry designer based out of Brooklyn. I want maybe we can figure out a way to like get all the black designers. Y'all should definitely do that. What about you guys? Do you guys have any that you want to shout out? I'm shouting out Faye Noel, Grenadian sis. I love her stuff. I need to get my bread together because I have so many pieces of hers that I want. But she just does like pieces that I think are so sexy. They are like really make you feel like you see it and it's like, that's the Caribbean. And I just love her. Right. Beautiful. Damn. There is a woman that I cannot remember her name. I think she just did a a, um, collaboration with Misguided. Do you know what I'm talking about, Narisha? Some there was a big drama because somebody like kind of oh um oh Azia 
Yeah, Let me look it up. We gonna do our Googles real quick. I know who you're talking you about like though. Yes, TLZ Fem. Thank you. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I like her brand too. I like her brand. Sexy. I'm surprised she did something with Misguided though, because I feel like the fast fashion girls have been taking all her shit. Well, it was like fashion over or fashion over. Like, you know what? If y'all gonna take it, I'm gonna do it. That's what it was giving. Right? Arm and a leg and a whole head and a whole body. I said, you know it. what? Get your money. And a lung and a toe. Yep. <laughs> It's your money. Okay, so mine, my favorite designer is um, well, I don't know her name, but the brand is called Sal Temple. She's a Nigerian designer. Her gowns are so amazing. Like I wore it for huh? say it again. Sal Temple. Sal Temple. Okay. Yes, she's a Nigerian. I don't know her name. I gotta get her name. But her gowns is so pretty. I literally wore her dress. Um 2019, I ordered a dress from her. It's so, so beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, my goodness. And the fact that the tag said made in Nigeria. We yes. love to see that on the label. It's a luxury for me. I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's luxury. Sure. No, I hear you. Okay, wait. I'm on the website. I want. I think I found her. You know what? I'm not going to be able to pronounce her name, but we're going to have everything in the show notes. Yes. And then we have to shout you out. Like, yes. please tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you, where they can buy your products. Are you still making the shirts? Because I need to cop me a shirt. What, with the black vote shirts? Yeah, the uh, no, uh, ghetto until proven ghetto fashionable. Until proven fashionable. Oh, yeah. She said, no, 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 sis. <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, that's, that's not, not no more. Marisha Willis is not selling black vote shirts. Um, but yeah, I do have the ghetto until proven fashionable shirts. I have the hoodies. And I also, hmm, little exclusive. I have a bag. Oh, that's so, so cute. That's so cute. Right now. On and off. There's going to be a collectible where you could change the sand, uh, where people could collect it and stuff like that. It's hard. Oh it's really cute. And it comes in black, orange, and green. That is so cute. I'm obsessed. That's going, so cute. That's going to be... <laughs> okay, okay, when can we buy this? Sure. Okay, so this is going to be available September 2nd. <gasps> <I'm ordering laughs> it. I need it. Say less. It comes with a, um, also um, a strap, so you can wear it like crossbody. And then inside, it has card holders. So you don't need a wallet. So you just, you know, because you don't want your purse to be like bulky. That's brilliant. Oh my God. Should we all get a different color? <laughs> I'm getting green. the orange. Okay, oh, perfect. perfect. <laughs> I love the fact that you guys got different colors. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about, um, I'm really excited about the new accessories just because everything is so unpredictable. Um, just like my new, the newest collection is called Nuava, so it just means new. Um, that also is available on my website. It's avnu, A-V-N-U, official.com. Uh, and so you can get that as well. I'm obsessed. You better go <laughs> off. I, I, I really have to tell you, and this is, I don't say this to people very often. You are so inspiring. Like, you oh, just you. seem like a wise woman beyond your years like it, it's crazy like old oh, so important to me, important to me. Like, <laughs> like honestly it's like it's so crazy I love 
black women, but like you overcame something so crazy, like from your hurdles with school, like shout out to your mom for like inspiring you and like you having that foundation, but then taking it to the next level and just like not stopping. That's so inspiring. And I'm so excited for people to hear this episode because like, it's crazy. Like you were dropping mad gems, but also like, just seem like you are at peace, which is something I think is so beautiful. Like you went through something and you're like, you know what? I wasn't going to let that stop me. And I just love that. I had to give you your moment. I won't let go of, did you say the assignment versus the calling? Yes. Your assignment versus purpose. Purpose, Purpose. right. Right. That right there is something. Mm -hmm. It's really really a difference. And people get stuck with the assignment when when God is telling you, you need to keep going. You have, right. you know, your purpose is not here. It's just the assignment. And also, like, <clears throat> I'm so at peace because I know that I'm starting over, but I'm not starting from scratch. Like, all the way from I listened to a sermon by, uh, dang, what's her name? Sarah? It's called The Undoing, y'all. Y'all have to listen to it. It's so, mm-hmm. so, so good. And she talks about that. Like, you're starting over, but you're not starting from scratch. I have all the wisdom, all the mistakes that I made, all mm-hmm. of that. It, it made me a better businesswoman. It made me a better woman. And it gave me grace. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm very graceful in how I handle things now. Like, you know? You are. For the listeners, because I'm not done. I'm not done <laughs> plugging you. I told you don't. we don't do modesty. Because I'm literally, like, adding to my cart as we speak. <laughs> you got ghetto until proven fashionable. Everything is political when you're Black. Mm. <laughs> Your favorite designers are racist. Black Please. before it was fashionable. Can't have the culture without the struggle. Right. No. Dear colonizers, my ancestors sent me to take back all. Yes. All this. <laughs> so you're just going to take all my money tonight, and that's fine. Right. I'm with that. Run it up. Listeners, y'all better run up the website. We're going to have everything in our uh, show notes and we're going to blast this on social media because you deserve this shit is fire. Thank you. The shirts are definitely conversation starters. I never say t-shirts. I say conversation starters because whenever you wear one, it starts a conversation, whether somebody's staring at you, whether somebody's uncomfortable or they're asking you what it means. You know what I mean? So absolutely oh my gosh is there anything else you want to plug we've got the event oh yes the event yes 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 so the event is free it's actually a pop-up shop so you're able to get the live experience of shopping the clothes filling because you know it's pandemic so people a lot of people didn't get were able to fill the clothes i want everybody to feel the quality of it to try it on the fitting of it um so it's two days september 9th September 9th is the opening night. Um, I encourage everybody to come September 9th <laughs> um, from five to nine. And then set, um, fr- excuse me, Friday, it's from 11 to nine o'clock. So during that day, you just could come breeze in and out and shop and get to meet me. And just like, it's a family affair. Like we back on a block, we outside. Yes. <laughs> so I'm super excited because I love, love throwing events because I get to meet everybody and the energy is just it's just so amazing. Everybody dressed up, everybody black. Oh, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be really good. And yeah, it's power. Be there. <laughs> Come on, Are oxygen. 
I want to. We got to the pull up, and you know what? I'm a, I'm a pause. And I can I'm shop a, there. I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna pause on add it to my cart. I'm gonna add there because I can get the high. It's a different high when you get it in yes, person. Yes, please pull <laughs> up on a kid. I would love to meet you guys. Yes, yes. And oh where God. can the listeners follow you and your brand? Okay, so my personal page is my name, Narisha Willis, and then the brand page is Avenue Official. Um, and you can follow that as well. And then also please subscribe to my website, avenueofficial.com for all the updates, uh, new things that may drop or discounts, you know, because once you're a subscriber, you are family. Come yes. on now. <laughs> all right. Y'all heard what you need to do. So get on it. And thank you so much for joining us and just being so open, honest. You have such a beautiful soul and we are just like so appreciative. Yes. Thank you guys for giving me this platform because I've been, I've been muted for a while, you know, with, with the case. And so you guys doing this platform and giving other people, people voices to tell a story. It's amazing. So please continue to do this because I'm down for the group chat. you're always welcome so um real talk real time what would you do is gonna have to pause this week i just got a text that my basement's flooded and speaking of boundaries my boss is calling me talking about an emergency so your girl's got to go it's eight it's almost 9 p.m Correct. Um, you know, I'm trying to practice what I preach, but it's a small, like Glenn said, with the jewel, it's a small, you know, we're making progress on a daily basis, step by step, step, by step yeah. an hourly okay. basis. Um, do y'all want to tell the people what to do, where to find yes. us? Go follow us on Instagram, Black Girls Texting, leave a comment, rate, subscribe, subscribe, um, email us at hello at Black Girls Texting, um, go to our website, blackgirlstexting.com, cop some merch, um join us on the patreon where we get real nasty yeah patreon.com slash black girls texting yes and hit the youtube mommy um and send me thoughts and prayers thank you so much girl i love you good luck thanks bye bye Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.